September 18th, this is episode 111 of Back from the Brink, the after show for KCAA Morning Radio's On the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. We are both Brinkers by marriage. That is why it is Back from the Brink and On the Brink. For those of you who are wondering, a little bit of trivia. Aaron is married to my brother. And we do the radio show, we do the podcast, we've been doing it together for about a year. She's been doing it for about 10 years with various co-hosts, including my brother, for a good period of time. And a little over a year ago, I stepped into the co-hosting spot. So uh, as we left from the radio show, we were talking about um, women accusing President Trump of misbehavior and how that will affect the election. And Aaron and I were in agreement that it won't, that those that support Trump basically already understand who he is and how he's going to behave, and they either won't believe any accusations or they go, I don't care. And I think that's, uh, you know, that pretty much sums it up, that, uh, you know, they know who he is, um, you know, they don't care for him a lot. I think a lot of people who support him don't really like his style, but they go, fine, I don't care. What I care about is the economy is trucking by fine, and up until COVID, my job was trucking fine, my business was doing well. You know, if you were in sales, sales were going well. Everything was going pretty good, economically speaking, right up until it wasn't when COVID hit. And so that then asks, you know, begs a lot of questions to a lot of people. And, um, you know, and you can't really blame any politician for COVID. Um, you can get uptight about how they responded or didn't respond and what they did or didn't do. And, you know, if you listen to the mainstream media, then, you know, all of the Republicans in the, you know, governors and, and the president did everything horribly. And all of the Democratic governors and mayors did everything wonderfully. Um, and, and that's frustrating, um, you know, in that I don't feel like we get a fair and balanced and I, and I hate to use the term fair and balanced because, uh, you know, the idea of fair and balanced, I mean, it's a phrase that's used by Fox News a lot. And um, the idea of fair and balanced uh, sometimes means, well, if they're going to be horribly biased one way, we'll be horribly biased the other way to balance it because that would be fair. And that just means that we as consumers don't get any location or any news source that isn't incredibly biased. One's trying to balance out the other by being equally bad. And, and uh, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that Fox News is reacting to everybody else. Fox News came online as a very biased, conservative, right-wing news source. And, uh, and I think they have pushed the MSNBCs and, and CNNs of the world further left as a result. And so, um, you know, I think we, we have a very hard time finding non-politically biased information. Um, and so you have just have to really, um, you know, read between the lines and everything that you are given, whether it be, you know, via the Internet, uh, via, via Facebook, or whether you watch it on television. So here's Aaron. Good morning, Aaron. Thanks for coming back, joining us. Yes, back (laughs) from the break. Break, 
spring. So, um, yeah, you know, um, it, uh, the, uh, we just, I kind of picked up where we left off and just was talking about the, the, the frustration in, in the biases in media and how, you know, when Fox News came online, they came online baked in as a fairly biased conservative right-leaning news, which I think, quite frankly, pushed CNN and MSNBC even further left than they were. Um, and really glad uh, you're going to make this Fox News' fault? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just, no, I'm not making it their fault. I'm just saying that, that you know, the, the two sides, because I, I slipped into the, to the, the meme of, of using the term, you know, trying to find news that is fair and balanced. And that's, that's a, you know, a catchphrase used by Fox News. But, you know, sometimes if, if people representing what you view as the other side are biased one way by being really, really biased the other way, you have now balanced the information that's out there. But that doesn't mean that we as consumers have any source that we can go to that is actually fair and balanced because, you know, each of them is trying to counteract the, uh, the opposition. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's frustrating as a, as a consumer of information and news you know, that we have to work so hard to read between the lines and, and, and pay really close attention to what's being said. You know, um, we just talked about that the other day when we had that chart talking about climate change and, and how we were going to, you know, in the next 150 years, see the heating similar to what they had over that took over, you know, 60 million years to do uh, the last time. And I'm like, well, that's all just prediction. You have no idea what's going to happen in the next 150 years. And if you look at what we've got now, we're, yeah, we're in an uptrend, but the amount of up that we've seen isn't even as much as they've seen, you know, over the last thousand years up or down. I mean, it's, it's, I have no doubt that we are starting in an uptrend because if you look at the cycle of things in the, you know, 30 million year chunks of time going back 90 million years and, and, and our best guesses at what the, the, you know, the ecology of the planet was based on, you know, fossil records and stuff that, that, yeah, yeah, things go through hot and cool cycles and we've been in a cool cycle. Now we're heading towards a hot cycle. But does that mean it's all going to happen in 150 years? No. You know, I mean, it, it could take thousands and thousands of years to, to cycle just like it has since time began, you know? Um, well, we don't fear know. is a great motivator. And it is. I, you know, people who like to manipulate to get their way often use fear to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I will believe, you know, all of the, the doomsday stuff. Now, do I believe the climate is warming? Yes. Do I believe that we need to make adjustments? Yes. But do I believe that, you know, we have to, to uh, transform the world into a communist uh, uh, plantation? Uh, in the next 12 years and, and go through the great leap forward as is the green new deal in the next 12 years. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. I'll believe yeah. that when Al Gore downsizes all of his planes and all of his big houses and all of the other stuff that yeah. his footprint is massive. I love that, that, uh, that, um, graphic where they showed, you know, the, the Bush ranch in Texas versus Al Gore's compound. And, George Bush's ranch is is much much greener than than Al Gore's compound that he is his primary residence. Yes, you know, and it's like okay, Mister Green is is going. Everybody get get green except for me because I except have for me, work to do. It's inconvenient, right? Yeah, that's an inconvenient truth. Um, <laughs> our art, you know, and it, it's it's just um, that kind of hypocrisy is is yes. 
laughable and it's frustrating to to shame the world um you know and i feel bad for her scoldy locks of course being greta thunberg right um but uh you know trot her out to to tell everybody that that we've destroyed the world and you know obviously she's 16 probably 17 now and she doesn't have any perspective or wisdom at all um, yes, she just the... knows that she's been that they, somebody has done what i consider child abuse against her it scared the hell out of her yeah. So that they can use her for political purposes. I think it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. they want to put this child in charge of, of ideas on how to how to save the planet. I mean, it sounds like Khmer Rouge on a massive scale, right? It's yes, like it does. Everybody, get rid of all the intellectuals, move us all back out into the into the uh, sticks and, and live on, on communal gardens. Yes. And it's yes. like, you know how many people died last time yes. some idiot tried to do that? Yes. They, they, yes, I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing Fields, the, by the way. The, yes, yes. It's it's one of the scariest movies, like really disturbing. Um, it is. And, and, and profound. And it, it's like Hotel Rwanda. You have to see it, but you won't want to see it again. Right, yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, there are certain scenes that you will, that are impactful to the point where you will, you will remember them enough that, yeah, you're like, I, I don't want to watch that again. And yet the yes. sad truth is is that that movie is very accurate in a lot of ways it is um, you know i mean it, it's Waterston hollywood got his start on that movie well it's the first movie that first thing mm-hmm. that really got notoriety for sam waterston who yeah. became you know hang him high mccoy in uh, law and order so yeah. speaking of the actor yeah yeah wow. he's uh uh had an interesting career but uh that was a, a big one for him the uh was it uh uh Hang Noor, who who played the um, uh, the other lead in that movie, um, ended up having kind of a, a rough life too. He, uh, you know, he uh, portrayed Dith Pran in the movie, and uh, um, you know, and he had some other acting roles uh, throughout his life. And he lived actually during the. Uh, uh, Khmer Rouge, so it wasn't like he was, you know, pretending something that he hadn't, didn't have personal right. experience with. Yeah, actually Cambodian, yeah. Right, and then was uh, shot to death uh, in the Chinatown area of Los Angeles. Oh my God, he yeah, was? Yeah, in 1996, yeah. Yeah, oh there God. was, uh, it was a uh, gang members. Um, uh, like Hmong gang members? Uh, well, it's members of a, a group called the Oriental Lazy Boys. It's a street gang. So um, they basically were like purse snatching and jewelry robberies and things like that. They weren't like, I don't think they had ties to, you know, anything that, uh, but there, there were obviously rumors that, you know, former Khmer Rouge people might have been involved or that it was, you know, he was ordered you know, to be killed by Pol Pot or something like that. But uh, they didn't find anything credible that made that seem, it seemed to be um, uh, basically that there was a bungled robbery and that, you know. He was known to have, uh, you know, been fairly well off and uh, ha- having had some success in movies. And so, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, apparently all the defendants were found guilty. They did find the people. And it was on the same day that Pol Pot's death was confirmed in Cambodia. Oh, wow. 1998, April 16th. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah. I, I think about... We talk about Nazism, and, and we should, about all the people that were killed, and absolutely should be talking about it. 
But we also need to talk about all the people that were killed in, in communist revolutions in pogroms or pogroms and, uh, you know, uh, skirt, you know, um, all the re-education and all of the, you know, all of the, the, the horrors and torture that were that were inflicted on people based on communist revolutions um, in, you know, probably 100 million people were killed. Uh, over the the many countries, um, the the number varies because you're not going to get truth out of China, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know that's tens, at least tens of millions of people were killed um, by communist regimes in the 20th century. Yeah, and that's apart from war. That is just the 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 regimes themselves. Um, yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad thing is that it's it's like this isn't even them trying to you know do land grabs with neighboring countries or anything. It's just you know kill off our own people. Anybody who disagrees yes. with me, that seems yes. to be sort of the marching orders of most of these regimes. Is you know anybody who disagrees with me, we'll just kill them off, and that way then um, uh, you know I can move forward. So I you know it's like uh, Stalin. Um, you know, there's successful. There's there were. Ukraine has some very, very fertile land, and farmers in Ukraine, um, in this in the Stalin era, they were they were doing very well, and he he destroyed them, and they died of starvation. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know people talk about fairness, and you know capitalism isn't fair, but it is fair in that it's fair in that you have the power to make your own decisions about your own labor the value of that labor and what you want to do with that labor in a Mm -hmm. communist regime. You don't have that. You have people telling you what you will do and what you will earn. Um, and, and it's, and you know, what you will pay for things and, and what things you have available to you. Um, it it is, it is a bad system. It's never worked. And people will say over and over again, well, you know, this wasn't done right. That's hogwash. It basically boils down to we, you know, if I'm miserable, we'll all be miserable together, so yes. that we're equal. We'll have equal yes. misery, and that's basically equal what misery. it boils down to, you know. And and it, it it's, you know, that's the wrong approach. What it, the, 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 of course, they talk the game that it should be, you know, uh, uh, everybody raises up to a better level. But what the reality is is everybody drops down to the lowest common denominator. And, yes, and that's and, and that's been proven time and time again in, in different regimes throughout the world. It just that's where it boils down to, except for the controlling elite, who then live the life of luxury. Yes, you know, but it's yes. it's the the people who end up making all those decisions, they never suffer at all, uh, the way that the populace does. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was reading an article the other day about. Um, uh, some of the language that Joe Biden has used and how that's turning off a lot of. Um, uh, Latino immigrants because he's talking about being the most progressive president in American history and in in Spanish the term progressive is the the name uh, it the, la- the the language the term progressive essentially is what is used by all of the communists well the, yes of the, course it is the countries that they left that most of these people ran from and are are, are um, trying to stay away from you know, are being re- led by people who who paint themselves as progressives, even though they're communists. And yes. so, when you get some guy running for president who says, "I'm going to be progressive," you know that in in certain circles means you know is a positive thing. But clearly, in this in, in the in the um, 
Latino community, and I say Latino because there's lots of, or, or Hispanic, that, you know, it's not just, uh, it's, it's primarily not people from Mexico, but lots of people from um, South South American dictatorships and stuff, that the people that were running those countries painted themselves in the colors of progressives. Oh, absolutely. You know, Hugo and Chavez it's... definitely did. Look at, look at Venezuela. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's terrifying, that community. And I don't know that he's uh, aware of that, if there's a certain amount of tone deafness there or not. Um, but, um, you know, the language that's used by, you know, one group isn't necess- doesn't necessarily have the same meaning to another group. You know, something yeah. to be aware of. Well, they know better. They've seen this song and dance before. They've, yeah. They recognize this, this uh, uh, yeah. ruse. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to take everything I have and, and everybody else has and then redistribute it so that we all have the same stuff. Uh, you mean if I work really, really hard, it doesn't matter because the guy next to me who's doing nothing is going to get the same as me? Yeah, I've seen that song and dance. Yeah, been there, <laughs> done that. No thank yeah. you. Oh, walking into the house and uh, hang on a second. <laughs> Tobin was... So for those of you all who don't usually listen to this podcast, I... Uh, um, leave the radio station where we do a live radio show and drive home. Um, and that's where I, uh, podcasting in transition the podcast. <laughs> so you hear road noise, you hear, you know, other things happening. And, um, so I just, it's live unless you're listening recorded. Live. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> yes, we're alive we, and we're recording it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. One would hope. One yeah. would hope. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is, it is, um, uh, streamed live too, so if you go to backfromthebrink.live, you can you can listen to it live. Uh, but if not, subscribe, subscribe, give us good ratings, tell us you like us. It makes me feel so much better. So I am <laughs> so ready for this weekend. You know, there are, I worked last weekend because I had mm-hmm. some deadlines, and I am so ready for this. I was weekend. half expecting Loverboy to pop up on on the playlist on the on the radio show. You know, it's, <laughs> everybody's working for the weekend. I was waiting for it. You, you, you had that kind of vibe going with the I beat did, and with the uh, you know high energy type of songs. And did you know that Loverboy is still together with the original people? The only person who's not original is the bass player, and that's because he died. Oh, that's a good reason. Yeah, he was sailing. He had a had a a thirty two foot or like an eighteen meter. Um, no, that's more than thirty two feet. Anyway, he had a sailboat, large sailboat, and he and two other guys were sailing uh, out of San Francisco Bay, and he got washed overboard and died, drowned. Oh my gosh, that's so scary! That they water found is his, so cold. Found his body later. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if when he fell overboard, if he hit his head and was unconscious, it, yeah, I mean, you know, there's little chance of surviving that. And you don't think about it when you go out sailing for the day. You don't think that I'm risking my life doing this, right? I'm going out and doing something. I'm going to have fun. Let's go spend the day out on the water. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's not a lake. And, you yeah. know, you got to respect the ocean. Tis the not ocean. But you, you understand that, that the ocean has the power to kill you. Yeah. Scary stuff. <sighs> Scary stuff. Which is why I don't sail. I don't do anything. I don't leave my house. I stay here in the shack <laughs> out back with the door locked. You know, I actually came to the studio this morning. 
I walked out to my studio this morning and opened the door. I had not locked it. It was just, it was, I mean, it wasn't open because I've got a like a spring thing on it. So it closed, the door was closed. But I had forgotten to lock up last night. And it's so funny, as I was going to bed, I thought about it and said, should I check it? And I went, eh, I'm not going to go back out there. And realistically, I mean, it's not something I want to do as a habit, but realistically, the you know risk is fairly low. But yes. I could walk out some morning and find a homeless person curled up in my studio, which would be wonderful. <laughs> so that that alone, that, <laughs> that visual alone is enough to remind me to lock the door. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it, it should be automatic. If you shut the door, it should lock. Yeah, and it doesn't because it's basically a deadbolt. I mean, it is literally a shack out back <laughs> that I created. So, um uh, yeah, I am in a shack, a storage shed, um, that has been upgraded to studio. I'm picturing something that you'd find on a farm that, um, you know, that's, uh, with, with the dilapidated wood and the, it's falling apart and, you know, like a true shack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a Ted Kaczynski shack in uh, Montana. Th- think, uh, cheap aluminum shed purchased at local Home Depot is probably more accurate for those who are, okay. want to paint, paint a picture. Um, that's what it looks like on the outside. On the inside, it has, you know, drywall and, and probably, you know, four to six inches of insulation and soundproofing and, and roofing. And so from the outside, it looks just like it did from the day it came from Home Depot. From the inside, well, not even that because it's kind of old and got dents and dings in it but it's got a fresh coat of paint <laughs> so yeah you know we 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 uh endeavor to persevere well that's good that's good i never i never leave my house my big trek every day is to kcaa and then yeah. i'm home yeah well isn't that i mean that's covid you're you're probably out and about more than most people that's true that's true every now and then i'll go through a a car wash where I don't have to touch anything and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, except the pin pad to, to purchase the car wash. Right. And, uh, you know, knock that, the soot off the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I actually need to do that. Now it is bad. Yeah. I, I use my, my windshield wipers and, uh, you know, did the little stream of the, of the wiper cleaner, no, the, mm-hmm. the, the cleaner on it. And Holy cow. It was like, I don't want to say mud, but that's what it, like little yeah. trails. Sludge. Of mud. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's bad out there. It's bad. And and it admittedly there there's been a little bit of a wind shift the last couple of days and so there's been more of an onshore flow and so our air has cleared a little bit, but you know, it's it's temporary and that comes and goes throughout the day too. So Yeah. <sighs> I want the uh, I want the world to open back up. I really do. So, well, I would like the the air to be breathable and the fires to go away that that honestly right now that bothers me more than having to be at home i've kind of gotten used to the home routine but the uh the the <laughs> and the, you know yeah well that's and, true and that kind of burn in the back of my throat all the time i mean you know i i uh have i and my wife both have sort of like a little bit of a sore throat going on just from the the breathing the, the smoke yeah you know and a so, uh, little sneezy, itchy, you know, allergy type of reaction going on all the time. So today is a very special day. It is National Cheeseburger Day. <gasps> cheeseburger, yes. cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No, cheap, cheap. Pepsi. 
Oh, we're old. We're old. But those who get it are laughing right now. Everybody going, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So um, there's uh, casual and fast casual restaurants are offering guests more beef and cheese for less money on National Mm -hmm. Cheeseburger Day. And and Tobin's ears just perked up. Really? Cheeseburger? (laughs) Cheeseburger. So Applebee's is going to be offering burger bundles uh, when they open up today, which includes fries and a soft drink for $8.99, which is really good for a, for a fast, casual restaurant. Um, so $8.99, you get a burger and fries and a drink. Um, mm-hmm. Farmer Boys, you can buy the big cheeseburgers for $2. $2. $2. Unless you're vegan. Five, yes. for two Between 2 and 5 p.m. today. And um, that's in, I think you have to check to see if your restaurant is participating because, you know, I think they're franchised. But yeah, the, the National Cheaper Burger Day. Yes. Now, apparently hmm. there is a, have you heard of a, a, a burger bar called Hop Dottie? Nope. Apparently they have four locations in, in Southern California and they're offering guests a free extra patty on their burgers. You have to use the promo code DOUBLE at checkout. If you don't get enough meat the first time around, we'll give you more meat. So, Slater's 50-50, have you gone there? Uh Um, Aware of it, have not been there. Um, They are, uh, they have a chance to upgrade you, you, okay, so, sorry, the chain is offering guests at three Southern California locations, Anaheim Hills, Pasadena, and Valencia, the chance to upgrade the meat in its best damn cheeseburger to a cheese-stuffed Juicy Lucy uh, patty plus a coupon for a backyard classic burger and a drink on their next visit. So that's at Slater's. Um, apparently, so have, do we have Smash Burgers in Southern California? I think we must. There are um, some around, yeah. So they have the classic double smash for five bucks today. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wayback Burgers um, will be serving its cheesy quarantini burgers. For six ninety nine <laughs> and seven forty nine um, today, the burger has four slices of pepper jack cheese, hence the four E's in the name, and two beef patties. Yeah, Wendy's also reintroduced their pretzel bacon pub cheeseburger uh, in advance of National Cheeseburger Day, and Domino's has a cheeseburger pizza for ah. those for those who uh, prefer their burgers in a different format. <laughs> cool, and I will be eating a veggie burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can get an Impossible or a Beyond Burger if you want something that's more meat-ish, that's yes. n- you know non-animal based. As long as they cook it like I cook it myself, because mm-hmm. having a Beyond Burger that you cook in beef fat, because that's yeah. what's on the grill, on the that grill, defeats yeah. the purpose. You yeah, know? Um, like that's what they have at those fast food restaurants. That Most of the, the fast food restaurants, yeah, that's how they do. It. It's not like they have a separate grill or that they do a really great job of you know maintaining one half of the grill for the non meat eating people yeah so um i will say though that you probably get a little bit less of that if you go to a place like say burger king where they're they're charcoal grilled because they have that like grill machine that basically is a rotisserie thing that you know you stick it in on one side and it comes out on the other side like a um, yes and so it's not like sitting in grease it's sitting on on wires that may have touched meat but but there's you know there's less of it because of the way they cook it so but i mean if you're absolutely determined that you're not going to to have any meat in your diet you know although quite honestly if you're really opposed to eating of meat because of the killing of animals then buying food at any of those places still supports places that supports the killing of animals so why are you there 
know, I mean, it depends on the reasoning for your, your choosing to be vegan, I guess. Yes. Uh, but, you know, if somebody tells me they're not eating because it's cruelty to animals and then they go get a veggie burger at a burger joint, I'm like, well, you know, really? Well, the other way to look at that, though, Todd, is uh-huh. that, um, that by if you if they if they sell more veggie burgers, they'll they'll more places will offer veggie burgers or some sort of vegan alternative. Yeah. You know, if nobody buys them, then they won't have them. True. True. And, and of course, we have a weird, limited myopic look of this being in Southern California where, you know, trendy things and health things and things like that tend to be more mainstream. And so, um, like I can't think of a restaurant that I haven't seen as an option in their burger section that you can have a vegan patty. I mean, even before they had, uh, beyond burgers and, and impossible burgers, they had, uh, garden burgers, you know, that had the bean patties and stuff in them that, that are actually very good. I've had them. Um, um, and almost every restaurant that I can think of had that as an option, you know, but like you said, they were probably grilled right on the same burger or on the same grill next to the burgers and everything else that they cook. You know, it's like, well, not really vegan. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I, are you going to go out and get, get yourself a burger today? Well, I wasn't until we talked about it, but by golly, <laughs> um, I'm thinking I might now. There are there are locally owned burger joints that may be having mm-hmm. some specials today as well. Um, sure. You know, so that, check you, them out. that you might check out. Call ahead. <laughs> See what's She's going like that on. A special. Yeah. I remember one year Tobin like did the um, he went to downtown Redlands where there's a lot of um, uh, burger joints where there's a lot of restaurants um, yeah. and in Redlands and uh, he nice went to several area. different I'm sorry it's a nice walking area I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you no 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 it's okay but you can... um, and he tried lots of different burgers mm-hmm. and uh, some of them were stacked high with all kinds of fun stuff like you know uh, fried onions and jalapenos um, jalapenos and different <laughs> kinds of cheese and bacon and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny because people debate about, you know, what's the best way to put a burger together. And there's lots and lots of opinions about that. And of course, <laughs> different, um, chains do it differently traditionally. So, you know, everybody finds the one or two that they like that are very different. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I, I tend to like them all, I've found. You know, I haven't really found a burger that I go, oh, that was just terrible, unless it was just not undercooked or something. But, but you know, it's they're different. I mean, even though they're composed of a bun and a piece of, you know, ground beef and some sort of cheese, some places it's, it's you know, the ratio of meat to bun to cheese is different than other places. And some places have lots of fresh veggies on there in addition to the, the meat and the bun. And, and a lot of times I'll get the burger without the cheese because I don't want all that extra fat. And honestly, the cheese flavor doesn't always appeal to me. But sometimes that, that sharpness of the cheese just makes the difference. So, you know, it's just Depends viva la difference. Viva la difference. I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this. I probably have. I really like the habits um, vegan you, burger. You've mentioned habit before. And, you know, I've seen habits. I don't know that I've ever been in a habit. So maybe today I'll make a habit of doing that on Cheeseburger Day. <laughs> well, they, they have on their um, their vegan burger, their veggie burger, they have cucumbers and lettuce and onions. And then you can add avocado. Now, they make it with a, a honey mustard dressing, which I don't I don't I don't want anything sweet. And so I, I just the avocado is fine. It's, it's, it provides enough moisture to the burger to make it just really sing for me. And I love it. 
delicious. And they've got, you can have um, uh, French fries, but you could also choose uh, uh, deep fried uh, green beans for, for your side. And those are delicious. Interesting. I just found that we have a habit. It's in Corona off of El Cerrito Road. So um, I may give it a try. <laughs> On National Cheeseburger Day. Yeah, they are closed now. They open at 1030. I guess they don't serve <laughs> morning. They don't serve. 30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like 730 to me. I'm hungry. I want a burger. Maybe some onion rings. You've been I want, up for a couple of hours. I, I, I want a pile of grease. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's so funny how, you know, you get used to a certain routine and you're like, hey, I'm ready for lunch. And you look at the clock and go, oh, oh. breakfast. <laughs> you know, and yes. I worked I worked uh, nights for a long time working for newspapers, you know, and so I would get off sometimes at two and three in the morning. And for me, you know, two and three in the morning, most people are sound asleep. It's the last thing they're thinking. I'm thinking of like, hey, it's time for a, you know, midnight snack before I go to work. You know, I've, I've worked a long shift. I haven't eaten for a while. I'm, I'm usually hungry. hungry. I'd come home and eat something and go to bed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You get used to whatever routine you got, you know? And uh, and I was happy to be able to do it and have a job and was, you know, that and was early going, in my career. <laughs> if you're going to fast food places, really the only ones open are the ones that have, like, drunk food. So yeah, yeah, the 24-hour drive-through and... type place. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So there's a lot of... Uh, you're like, don't talk out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or in my day, this is back when Noggles was a thing. That's that oh, was my yes. that was my preferred uh, fast food pseudo Mexican fare was Noggles. So, I remember Noggles and the yeah. Del Taco bought Noggles and they're not Noggles anymore. Right, but the, you know what? Somebody uh, has bought the name and the logo and has reinvented Noggles, and there are a few of them around. And are they are they the same? Um, like, they, do they have the the same? recipes and the same finely shredded cheese and the same you know all the uh -huh. stuff they used to have i they love have, their tostadas they have cop copied it and if you go to uh, nogglestacos.com n-a-u-g-l-e-s tacos t-a-c-o-s.com you can uh find their locations and uh and learn about you know what the, what's there they're basically just doing carry out right now because you know it is COVID, COVID. But, um, uh, the thing that, that they had that was unique, well, it had multiple things because they had different flavors, but um, they've got a, a location in Fountain Valley that um, uh, they've got apparently three locations. They've got Stanton, uh, Noggles by the Beach in Huntington Beach, and one in Fountain Valley. And the one in Fountain Valley is down the street from a hospital, and I had a an extended family member, I don't know, a year or two ago in the hospital, and so we'd go down to visit and uh, discovered this Noggles. And they have the Noggles taco salad. Now, they used to sell it at, in, the, in the original Noggles. It was basically in a cup. And they had sort of, it was like a chopped salad because they had very finely shredded uh, lettuce. They had crumpled up bits of taco, or of, of taco shell in there. They had taco meat. And they had this like white sauce that they put on top of the whole thing, a dressing, that had a very specific flavor. And they have duplicated that exactly. Ah, yum. Yeah, so you can yum. learn a little bit about the history of the uh, of Noggles and of the relaunch and uh, uh, and go find out. But, you know, they were originally founded in Riverside. Oh, so I didn't know that. They were a local company in, in 1970, and then in 1988 they merged with Del Taco, and in 1995 the last branded Noggles closed. 
And in 2009, they started the effort to come back, and it took them took them a while. But by 2012, they opened up their first um, um, uh, like pop up restaurant, and then in 2015, they opened their first permanent noggles. Uh, and so there are three noggles now out there for those of us who who remember them fondly. <laughs> so now they're going to make the drive to Orange County if you don't live in Orange County to to buy yeah. yourself. Well, uh, not on National night. Cheeseburger Day though. Come on, guys. No. Come on, you're get a cheeseburger, cheeseburger locally, today. preferably from a local-owned <laughs> establishment or at least a locally yes. franchised establishment, and and enjoy that on National Cheeseburger Day. Uh, but um, you know, if if you have fond memories of Anagles, they are still out there. Uh, they have come back, and uh, you can go find them. So um, go give them a try; they're awesome. awesome. So awesome. Um, awesome. So the U.S. is banning the download of Chinese the downloads of Chinese apps TikTok and WeChat on Sunday, with a total ban on the use of the latter, citing national security and data privacy concerns. Is WeChat popular in the U.S. or people just use? It um, is amongst uh, Asians who have family members in China. Oh, fair enough. I, yeah, that makes sense. At the school that I teach at or coach at, I don't teach anymore. I coach. That was a flashback. Boop. Um, they, uh, there's a lot of, uh, Chinese kids who come over here to go to school so that they can then get into Chinese uh, or to American colleges. Uh, and, uh, so they're going to high school here because that increases their chances of having an American transcript, increases their chances of getting into a, uh, an American college. And, uh, they use it almost exclusively as a means of messaging amongst each other and to family members. It is, uh, it is the standard in most of Asia. Okay, because because you know we have we have so our African girls and all the kids that we've hosted from um, uh, Europe and South America, um, mm-hmm. they all use um, uh, WhatsApp. Yeah, uh, which is now owned by Microsoft. So I think it's Microsoft that owns it. Facebook. Um, oh, face, Facebook. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Facebook owns WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, so there's the total ban on the use of TikTok will follow on November 12th. But Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said early Friday on Fox Business Network that access to the app may be possible if certain safeguards are um, put into place. So uh, the government said that its order previously announced by President Donald Trump in August will combat China's quote, malicious collection of American citizens' personal data. Uh, the government also, the government order um, also raises, the government order, rather, uh, also order, uh, raises questions, sorry, about California tech giant Oracle's recent deal to take over U.S. operations of TikTok. Um, and that what are they going to do about Facebook's malicious uh, gathering of American citizens' data? <laughs> or Google's <laughs> malicious gathering yeah. of American citizens' data? Nothing. So, nothing. But the details of so details of the Oracle TikTok deal were sketchy at best. Oracle was among the pool of bidders, including Microsoft and Walmart, to buy TikTok's American operations. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually really surprised because I think Oracle. Oracle. I think of uh, business databases. I mean, uh-huh. you know, that's 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 what they. Yeah, I just it's it's weird to see them in this space, but okay. It is. It is. Maybe they're trying to to branch out a little bit, but this is not typical for them. Not at all. Does Larry Ellison still run Oracle? Um, I think he is chairman of the board emeritus or something like that. I don't know that he has much to do in their day-to-day 
but I think he still kind of sets general directions and stuff. I don't, I, I, but I don't know that he's he's their primary investor. I think still, I think he's the heart, largest stock owner. Yeah, he uh, he's worth some like eighty billion dollars. He is he is one yeah, of yeah. Those... He's up there on the list. He's in the top ten and has been for a while in terms of richest guys on the planet. Yeah. Although he's been married and divorced three times or four times, so um, he, he's spreading it around. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you figure there's so, got to be at least with those later wives a um, uh, uh, prenup. prenups. Yeah. Yep. yep. So um, TikTok says it does not store U.S. user data in China, and that it would never give user data to the government. But experts say Chinese, the Chinese government could get any information it wants from companies there. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe squat. I think that if China's telling us something, it's a lie, and you know the government of China. And um, so I don't, I don't believe that they're not getting that information. The question is then what are they doing with it? Um, and we, of course, have no way of knowing that. So the action uh, is the Trump administration's latest attempt to weaken influence from China, um, which is a rising economic superpower. Since taking office in 2017, Trump has waged a war with China, uh, has, uh, has waged a trade war with China, blocked mergers involving Chinese companies, and stifled the business of Chinese firms like Huawei, a maker of phones and telecom equipment. Um, China-backed hackers, meanwhile, have been blamed for data breaches at U.S. federal databases and the credit agency Equifax. And the Chinese government strictly limits what U.S. tech companies can do in China. So, sounds yeah. like he's just returning the favor. Yeah, turnabout's fair play. You know, this is this is typical, um, and it's going to continue to go back and forth like this. You know, this is this is business. So, I, you know, a TikTok is. I, I, I don't get it. I'm too old. I think I just because the, mm-hmm. the stuff that's on TikTok is ridiculous. Yeah, like it's just it's a giggle. Short it's videos. Gi- it is. Yeah, it's a giggle. And and how that is a you know a risk or a thing to anybody is beyond me. But I guess they can you know track where you're at and stuff. I mean, have you noticed um, apps or websites uh, saying? We would like to identify uh, your network or things like that, or we'd like to have access to your Bluetooth. And you're looking, why on earth does my, you know, the the, the app that, uh, you know, I can't, I'm trying to think of something banal that it, do they do. But lots and lots of them are doing that. That's because they want to track you. If they, if they can uh, attach to Bluetooth, um, they can then track where you're at. And Apple has now said that if you want to attach to Bluetooth, you have to get explicit uh, consent of the user of the phone. Uh, and so I and that, have, have had questions like, can, can this, whatever app it is, have access to my Bluetooth? And I'm like, no, yeah, no, and you cannot. Yeah. That's strongly <laughs> my suggestion is say no. Uh, if, if some functionality is not there because of it, then you can make the decision. But if you say no, they'll almost always, the app will continue running just fine. Uh-huh. You know, uh, if for some reason it doesn't, then you can say, well, do I really want this app or not? But, yeah, they're doing that exactly to get your location information, uh, you know. And and people think, oh, well, it's just the Bluetooth. What is that? You know, it's not like they're asking for my GPS or anything. Well, with so Bluetooth, kind of they have maps. What they've done is over the years, because that stuff was open and free to them, they've created maps that say, hey, these devices sit in this area. And so when this person is here, we know where they are because, you know, we've had GPS and we've we've coordinated or, or, or collated the GPS location previously. And so now every time they attach, we know exactly where there are and, when, and at what time they're there. And so, yeah, there's more and more apps that are asking that. And there are apps like, you know, you've got a newsreader app and you're going like, why does this newsreader app 
want to know where I'm at. Well, you know, ostensibly they want to give you local news or something. Well, fine. Then tell me that and ask for my location. But don't do this surreptitious, can I connect to devices in, in and, you know, track you secretly. No. Uh, yeah, I think that's a real... Uh, distasteful way that some app developers are are trying to gather lo- uh, location information, and kudos to uh, Apple for forcing them to ask explicit permission. And they're they're dancing around it, trying to phrase it in a way that that makes it as seem as innocent as possible. But uh, my recommendation to everybody is say no. Yes, yeah. and at least say you know if you if you want to give them access, make it access only when you have that app open, yeah. you know, you know, all of them want to, you know, you have this, they want to know your location and they want it to run all the time. It's like, first of all, that's going to mm-hmm. drain my battery. And second of all, that's none of your business. Right. Yeah. Why should you be in the background tracking where I'm at when I'm not even looking at your app? You know, and again, they will, uh, I'm in, in the uh, example of a news reading app, say you, you, you want to look at Google news Google News will say, well, we'll download articles in the background for you for your area, you know? And it's like, if I logged into it once and you got my location when I had the app active, you can A, download stuff then, my internet's not that slow, and B, uh, you know where I'm at already, so you could be downloading in the background anyway. You know kind of where I live and what might interest me. You know more about me than I do, you know, consciously. Um, so, you know, you don't need that additional information. I don't need to share with you everywhere I have been in the last, you know, 24 hours. It's just so invasive. And people, I think a lot of times because it's, it's, you know, hidden behind a, a pretty app, people don't realize how much they're being tracked and what kind of information is gathered about them. It leaves a real bad taste in my mouth. It does me too. So we are out of time. We are. Monday. I'm going to put a better taste in my mouth today by getting a cheeseburger it is national cheeseburger day get out there and get your cheeseburgers thanks for joining us i'm todd brinker have a great day everybody have a great weekend everybody we'll see you on monday (laughs) 